You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Are you guys ready to rumspringa with us this week? <laughs> Woo! Rumspringa! <laughs> That's what I'm going to start calling parties all the time. It's a rumspringa okay. weekend! So, I'm fixing what I said in the last one, and I did find the movie that I was trying to remember that the rumspringa thing is peppered in throughout, and it's Sex Drive, which is like okay. a 2000s movie. So, uh, definitely worth seeing. If only for that. So, okay. We'll definitely watch yeah. it. Word. Yeah. Well, this week we're talking about Devil's Playground, which I'm going to tell you is not easy to find because <laughs> it was done in 2002. So it's a little bit older, but mm-hmm. also there are several other movies called Devil's Playground. And when you go to Amazon, it will have the wrong picture, but the right description. And so you're like, well, Clearly, it's the right movie, and you rent that. Aaron, was it the right movie? Absolutely not. It was like a shoot 'em up movie, like a Die Hard esque dude movie, and I was so mad with a much lower budget. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna fast forward just in case it's like <laughs> they're watching this movie on Run Spring Out or something stupid like that. Yeah, it was not it. And I was like, damn you, Amazon! I got my four dollars or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the only place we were able to find it was on YouTube. Yeah. And that was not a problem. A couple of quick ads you can skip anyway. Yeah. So, I said go straight to the YouTubes. They've saved our bacon here a couple times, yeah. Yeah. It's one hour and 17 minutes long. It is directed by Lucy Walker. Now, going into this, let me ask you, what did you think Rumspringa was before we started watching this? So my understanding was at a certain age, an Amish youth had the ability to experience English life. And then they were able to make the decision whether they wanted to follow the Amish teachings and like join the church and stuff, or they wanted to be sinners and be English. And by English, I mean the outside world, right? That's their terminology for the non-Amish So I didn't know the details of it, what it really meant, but uh, it was my impression that sometime during your teenage years. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I was the same, but I thought Mm -hmm. for some reason it was only like a year. Like you had a year to make this decision in your life. And I thought if you chose not to, not to to go back to the Amish life and you chose to stay in the sinning world, that you were essentially Mm -hmm. shunned you know, persona non grata, you were, you didn't even exist anymore. Right. Right. And so it was nice to find out that not all of these are true. Right. It's nuanced. Right. And I did not Mm -hmm. understand that either. So Mm -hmm. absolutely good to understand in case there's a trivia question that I will have to answer at some point, because (laughs) other than that, it may not affect me. No, (laughs) not even the slightest bit, but it's Mm -hmm. good to know. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about 16 and 93? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So the Amish were founded in 1693. And my notes say by peeps who didn't like wet babies. And let me explain that to you. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the guiding principles here is that they don't baptize babies. They wait until you're of age to make your own choice, which is not a bad thing I don't think um depending on what your you know doctrine is yeah I have I have comments on that I like I like the idea that they're like listen we don't want to make that decision for you you should be old enough to make Mm -hmm. that decision yourself before you're baptized to join the church because that's something that you have to decide for yourself absolutely Uh uh-huh I think I know what your argument is so let's (laughs) see if I'm right go ahead yes but if you're not baptized you're going straight to heal so if you die before you get the chance to make that choice, you're going to hell. And I'm like, well, that's horrible. Is there a loophole somewhere? 
Uh, I'm going to suppose that if you're not able to make that decision for yourself, you're covered. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm no theologian. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware. Oh, I uh, am now. <laughs> you're like, I'm not going to her with any of my God questions. <laughs> 100%. So whether or not, you know, however you feel about that part of their doctrine, um, it didn't necessarily go real well for them. They were persecuted and they moved to the States. So they have separate communities. This documentary is shot in LaGrange, Indiana, which is basically in my backyard when I lived out north because they have some stuff. Um, they show some stuff in Shipshawana, which I maybe lived about 10 minutes from because I lived in Middlebury. And um, yeah, it was uh, before I lived there, I had a picture of the Amish that it was like the simple life and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like it is a romantic notion. However. Then you get there and you see it in real life and you're like, oh, this is super weird. Like you see them at the gas station. Um, sometimes there's a festival in your front yard and there's horses tied to your telephone poles. It is really something. So, <laughs> And do you think they bring in little bags to clean up after the horses? Absolutely not. Mm -mm. But yeah, it's, uh, again, nuanced and how the churches are split up is wholly interesting and that kind of stuff. So I don't believe that it's as simple as it is marketed. Right. Right. Agreed. And I'm sure each community has slightly different rules and slightly different things that they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the way human nature is. So this is just yeah. one community we're looking at here. They're, they're mm -hmm. all over the U S as we found out, even in Florida, which I find very bizarre for some reason, just doesn't click mm -hmm. in my brain, but right. So they're all a little bit different. So we're just looking at this one community. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about four people, mostly. So we'll be talking about Farron Yoder, who is 18. Gerald Yetzi, who is 17. Joanne Hochstetler, who is 18. And Velda Bontrager, who is 23. Those are the four main characters. Mm -hmm. But mostly Farron. Mostly Farron. Yeah. So to your point, so Rumspringa typically begins at 16. And mm -hmm. it can last all the way up till 21, I think is the general guideline. And you have to fucking make your decision and get baptized in the church. And then as we find out later, even that is debatable. <laughs> so... There you go. Yeah. I, I didn't really hear them say there was a, a time limit mm -hmm. that I could have just missed it too. It's like, yeah, it starts at 16. Some people, I would like to know the data on how many don't participate in Rumspringa. They're just like, listen, the church life is for me. I'm just going to go ahead and join right now. If they're allowed to do that, if, mm -hmm. yeah, they didn't talk about people that did that. A lot of this doctrine for the Amish anyway, is taken from first John two fifteen is love, not the world. And I'm not going to go into the rest of it. You, you can research that on your own, but um, John Yoder is the guy who's talking when he says this. And he, I don't know what the rest, there was a, some other text on the screen, but it, I captured beachy preacher because that was part of it. And I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting to me that an entire religion is based around one blurb, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of all the things in the Bible to take, and it's, it's essentially, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the father created the world. So why wouldn't you love the world that he created? Even man-made things are created by men who are made by God. So technically he's responsible for everything. I don't know. And at this point, they're talking again, the Amish is associated with the simple life, quotey fingers, but there are a lot of fucking rules. And I'm like, that doesn't seem very simple. Like sometimes you can use electricity and sometimes you can't use electricity and you can't use electricity, but you can use gas powered stuff. Like seems like splitting hairs to me. I think part of it, and this is just assumption. I think someone told me once whether or not it's true. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I heard it in passing. 
I think part of being off the electrical grid and like having no phones was because then you are tethered to the English world. Whereas cell phones okay. are slightly different because you don't have that same, con- I mean, it's worse really in reality, but right. because you don't have that connection to the English world. Cause mm-hmm. they talked about most kids have cell phones and this was yeah. pre smartphone. So it was a little simpler. I wonder what their views right. on smartphones are. In, in but I mean, just anecdotal evidence is there's a justification made that you can ride in a car yep, depending you just on can't your drive it, but you can't drive it. Then mm-hmm. that's, you know, based on the Bishop of a church. And it's just like, that is difficult to reconcile. It is. And one of the other things that they said later on is some of the things that they shun from the English world is to do with, or how they choose what to shun and what to take is how it will affect the community because their whole world is about community and family. So if they feel like this is going to hinder that community or obstruct you from making relationships or whatever, then they don't want that as part of their life. So that was the the definition or explanation they gave, which I get. And Although maybe not a simpler life, because it seems like a lot of work is involved with living this life. A lot of manual labor. Uh, (laughs) And I'm a delicate snowflake, so not the life for me. (laughs) But there is is something to said about the community. Even in any church, any church Mm -hmm. environment, you have that community to support you. But this is even more involved, right? Now, like anywhere you go you can go to your neighbor and get help. If you move to a different state, to a different Amish community, they'd be there to help you immediately and help you unload and get started and ha- make sure you had food. And and that I can see the appeal to that. Absolutely. They have a vast network. As later, they have some directories, which I was like, that's kind of fucking cool. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the whole thing about their, they have a great awareness of where everybody is even down to like whose kids are whose and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there was a lot of detail. So I think that that's great. However, there are some problems and they were very briefly mentioned in here, like uh, women's rights, not a big thing among the Amish. So I think that it's really interesting to think about what is talked about here and what is not. Right. Yes. In their beliefs, So some of the things that they talk about is you're supposed to be apart from the world. So it's almost, I almost see that kind of like Judaism, like, listen, we're chosen for this, right? Sure. Okay. Life should not be too easy. Well, they definitely have that down because it looks fucking hard. (laughs) Um, The horse and buggy are meant to slow you down. So you have more time to think about your relationship with God and nature and whatever. You're not speeding everywhere you're going. You're just kind of slowly getting there. When you're married, you should grow a beard instead of taking a ring that can be removed. Okay. I have comments. One, a beard can be shaved. Crisis averted. Two, does the woman also grow a beard? Because then that's awkward. Do you have competitions to see who has the better beard? Because if the women won, if the women has a better beard. I don't think the women can have anything better than a man if you're Amish. I mean, that's. Yeah. In the English world, I'm not sure that I would. (laughs) Like, there are people who think that as well. So. Yes. Men are the head of the household. Women are the weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. And it, you do see that reflected in some of the discussion of Rumspringa because the boys on Rumspringa will dress English, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's got a car and they've all got licenses and they smoke a, a lot. lot of work. They smoke so much. <laughs> yes. But the girls still usually dress in their Amish gear. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have some English clothes, but a lot of the times when they are shown, they have their Amish garb on. So I'm like, right there, it's fucking, I don't know, unequal. So it's just annoying. (laughs) It's just like, get that crop top out, wear it around, you know. Make them boys uncomfortable. Show a shoulder, yeah. live on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because another thing they said is you should have as many children as you can. No, any Amish people on Rumspringa who are thinking about going back to church, talk to me. I'll get you some plan B. We'll be good. You don't have to deal with that. You are not a broodmare. 
Jesus. They also say that tradition is value. You don't need to know why. Just be satisfied with the way things have been. And that's pretty true of all religion. Don't question. Just do. Just do. Right. It's almost like independent thought is the devil, right? You are really supposed to conform here. So you take care of each other, which I don't hate. I think that the English world could probably benefit from a little bit of like, you know, love your neighbor. Like, don't be such a selfish dick all the time. (laughs) I think the Amish could probably benefit from being like, you know what? You know what makes things good? Individual thought. Maybe learning past the age of 13 would help too. (laughs) That's just a, just throwing that out there. Right. Just, just a little, just a little quip. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. They did mention that, that, in most Amish communities, the kids are in a single classroom until the age of 13, and then they're done with school. They're done with school. And I'm like, okay, they go to work then. So I have a couple questions that are not answered for me throughout this, by the way. How much are you paying a 13-year-old to work? I'm assuming they're hired by the Amish community. But how much are they getting paid? Do they get to keep it? Is that tax? I don't understand how that works. Also, having them stop at the age of 13 with the education also makes it more difficult to live in the English world. So if they go and do Rumspringa and they decide they really like it, but they can't get work because they don't have a high school education. They don't, I don't know, the math and skills are less than stellar. I don't know. You can't go to college very easily. That's for sure. So they make it more difficult to survive in the world as well. That had also occurred to me. Um, They do have some footage of these, I mean, of people working. And one thing I noticed that this is a big region for manufactured housing. And if you've ever driven in like Northern Indiana anywhere and you see half a house on a trailer, that's what we're talking about here. So uh, this is big business. Um, This is coming at a time when um, before the last big housing collapse, you know what I mean? So industry is really big here. So it makes sense to me that there are plenty of good paying jobs available that regionally you could get there, right? Because again, the horse and buggies are everywhere, but also they do a lot of shipping of people around in big vans, big 15 passenger vans. So you could say that carpentry is a skilled trade that they're learning, probably some some kind of construction stuff, but I agree with you that choices are limited here. So... Yeah. And also that only going to school for a time so you can get out and work in the farm sort of was American roots. Right. And then we evolved after that because we, you know, moved to the city (laughs) and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting to hear um, some of the details of their lives. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the kids in Rumspringa. So Farron Yoder, like I said, is 18. His dad happens to be the preacher. So a lot of his behavior makes sense to me because I don't know about you growing up, but I had friends who had preacher parents and they went wild. Wow. Yeah. The first taste of freedom Mm. and you just lose your mind. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. What's interesting to me is that he always like, he talks of Rumspringa like a vaccine because he's like, you go out, you get enough of this in your system so that you can go back and be a good Amish member and you don't have to worry about it again. It's in the past. And he always thinks of himself as going back to the church. Like he's just having fun and his plans are always to go back to the church. He does seem to genuinely appreciate the teachings and what the church offers. Right. Yeah. He's such an interesting dynamic because when you first are introduced to him, he's talking about like, he felt like he'd always be Amish, but he, is smoking and the whole rest of the time he's smoking. And I'm like, well, we won't have to worry about it for long because you're going to have a massive case of like COPD or whatever. Um, Yeah. It's just such a weird dichotomy to see that. We just don't see that anymore. No, you really don't. Yeah. And he has a girlfriend at the time, Sarah, who is not a member of the church. She's English quote, And, but she's going to go back when he joins the church, she's going to join with him. And I thought, oh no, no, that's not a good idea, (laughs) ma'am. Well, he also talks about how unusual that is. Yeah. 
that people just don't convert to Amish because I think they realize that it would be very difficult to adapt and thrive in that situation if you didn't grow up that way. Yes. Yes. There is one mm-hmm. guy that talks later on who he doesn't specifically say, but he's talking about what he missed. Like they're talking about what did you miss most when you joined the church or what will you miss most? <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting there with his weird beard. What is it that they have against mustaches? I don't know. Anyway, his weird beard, his bowl haircut with his wife. Such a bowl. It's such a bowl. Like he's got the thickest hair and I'm like, <laughs> it's, they don't have to worry about cheating. Let's just say that. <laughs> no. It's just unattractive. Yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, he missed his car. Most of them say they miss the car the most because, you know, it's that freedom, I guess you feel with having a car driving. But he starts talking about all these things that he knew he would miss. And I'm like, sir, did you join the church from the outside world? And it makes, he sounds like he did. Like, he's like, it was hard to really acclimate, but it's fine now. I'm like, oh, that must have been some good pussies. All I'm thinking, because that's a lot to give up. <laughs> well, she's Damn. in shape. She probably flexes it a lot. <laughs> Them kegels. Right? I had the same thought. Like, he is just droning on and on and on. I'm going to miss the music, and I'm going to miss the car, and I'm going to miss the... And I'm like, of course you are. You got to experience all that because you're a dude. And I wonder if the Amish girls really get all of that, because... As we go, well, I thought that there was a little bit of pressure from the parents when there's not supposed to be pressure from the parents. Kind of interesting, I thought. Mm -hmm. But also he's talking about like, sometimes, you know, I just, I'm feeding the hogs or whatever. And um, I'm thinking about, you know, what my life could have been. And I'm like, she's sitting right there. (laughs) Like, walk five steps and then you can talk about it. You just don't have to talk that way in front of her. Anyway. And she doesn't necessarily exist unless he wants her to. I think we've learned that the women are just there for uh, decoration. So just, it was so interesting. That was tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't have high hopes that this girl would join the church going into this. Just that's, I'm putting that out there. Right. And she's wearing Jankos early on. This is early 2000s, guys. And <laughs> it, it looks just like you would think it would. Absolutely. With the Jenkos, with the bandanas on their head. It's, they're so mm-hmm. cute. It's so funny. Yeah. Do you want to keep going with Farron? Oh, we could do that. I was just going to kind of introduce each of them and then. Let's, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, can I say one thing real quick? Mm-hmm. When they introduce these cats, they put their name in some kind of old English block letters and I thought his name for a while at first I thought it was Farron and then I thought is that an A and it's Aaron because that's kind of a common Amish name mm-hmm. so I had Farron and then I changed it to Aaron and then later I changed it back to Farron so like note to the makers of this documentary please be aware mm-hmm. that it's hard to read that kind of shit so choose a different font yes I I went on IMDb and looked up the name because I thought it was Perrin. And I'm like, surely Perrin is not a name. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I Yeah. So all of them, I had to go and look up their names mm. for reals because I wasn't sure with that text. Yeah. Gerald Yetzi is the next one. He's 17. And what I find interesting is that he moved out. Like immediately, he moved out of his family's house as soon as he could. He moved into a trailer, which I'm assuming is somewhere on their property. It's just a trailer in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, I agree. Right? Yeah, because it seems like they're just chilling there a lot. So if you're moving directly out, it implies maybe you don't have a lot of cash up front. So I was like, where is this place? Thank you. That was my biggest question. Mm-hmm. So they're hanging out at Gerald's a lot. Now this trailer looks like a lot of trailers. I hung out and and did drugs and partied and did <laughs> stupid shit in when I was, you know, in the early 90s, 10 years earlier. It looks exactly the right. same though. Oh yeah. So there were some feelings involved. But I I like how how would they have money? Because they have cars, they have phones, they have trailers, they have where do they get the money? And then they're like, well, they start working at 13. So then I'm like, okay, but how much are you paying them? Do they get to keep the money? And kids at 13 are not really good at saving money. Shit, I'm not good at saving money, and I'm older than 13. So it's just, those are the questions I have, right? 
Right. And they didn't necessarily address all that. It's just assumed like, I guess when you get to Rumspringa, you're just handed a wad of money to go to the mall. <laughs> and I, it's so weird. It is weird. Now, my preconception was very much Rumspringa. They essentially push you out of the house. You go live somewhere else in the big city or something for some time and then mm-hmm. come back. But most of these kids are still living at home and they're out partying. They have their cars parked out front. They're, they're have their devil music in the house. They're just living this crazy lifestyle in the middle of Amish world, which I find very bizarre. Can we talk about the partying at this point? Or do you want oh to my get through God, the rest yeah. of the introductions? No, we can talk about the partying. It's crazy. Okay. These parties are of 80s movie style legend, yes. right? Yes. I am talking hundreds of kids out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. One of them has like a fucking strobe light or something. I'm like, wait, how's that happening? Where's the electricity coming from, right? Yeah. Right? I was like, generators? They don't explain that. But I mean, that would be my thought. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it is, there's bands playing. So I'm like, it's not like these parents don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me you're okay with that for undisclosed amount of time for your 15 children? Yeah. And that's what it seems like, right? They know that the kids are going to do this. They know they're going to go party. And like, yeah, the first night they go out and party, all of them talk about how they just drink as much as they possibly could. And I... I threw up a little bit just thinking about it. And I got a little bit buzzed just looking at the parties. It was crazy how much they were drinking and the drugs they were doing. And you don't think about this when you think about Amish kids. I don't think about that. I mean, I knew that they had some hell raisin parties. I mean, that's just sort of a unknown, but I'd never seen what it looks like. And it's so weird that the boys are dressed in what I would think a teenager at the time mm-hmm. would look like just the baggiest of pants and a hat backwards. Right. And then the girls are in their Amish gear. I know. Bonnets on. So fucking weird. The, dress, the juxtaposition, like my brain just doesn't know how to process it. Right. Yeah. Or the boys, sometimes you would see them in their Amish duds with like a pair of Nikes on. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> funny you need ugly black shoes (laughs) oh just the ugliest Mm. yeah they even had the indiana police on here talking about how how bad the parties were how crazy they were they're like people come from all over the country to go to these parties and i'm like are you driving from new york to go to a party in indiana that seems a little backwards but yeah they cite a party that was 1500 kids and some of the kids were from out of state and i'm like for the night (laughs) it's so odd because these kids are all fucking sleeping in cars and there is trash everywhere i just my head was like oh that's not gonna be does that is that what fuels the fire for the next one i i'm so curious i don't understand it another thing i found very interesting was that they were talking it was the adults some adult i called everyone Jacob unless i knew their name they're Jacob. so he was talking about how Amish kids essentially, I mean, they don't necessarily condone sex, but they know they're going to sleep over and they approve of them sleeping over after a date. And it's okay for them to pretty much do anything. I mean, they have unwed mothers, they have all of these problems that the regular world has, but I'm like, of all the strict things that's not one of them. But they're like, before you join the church, it's a free-for-all. Seriously. I mean, between the ages of 16 and when you join the church, it is a free-for-all. And they know that. And so once you join the church, then you are forgiven for all of these things and able to move forward being Amish. But prior to that, it's like, well, kids will be kids, I guess. Right. That is my other big complaint about this is there were several grown-ass men that they never introduced. And so that's what my notes say. Old-ass man, a grown-ass man, another grown-ass man. Um, So I liked that the kids can, they can date unchaperoned if they're dating Amish kids. If it's an English kid you're dating, then it's a little bit more frowned upon. Because I'm like, well, look, I mean, 
sex is sex, whether you're Amish or you're English, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, that they do that bed courtship thing. So it's okay for a boy to share a girl's bed. And I'm like, ooh, in your parents' house when they're home and you know there's no white noise or fan or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm like, that is personal now. So, <laughs> ew. Yeah. And the idea that you would have your own bedroom blows my mind because you probably do have 10 siblings. So, no. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm like, you're, I guess I think of, colonial times or whatever when you were a ruined woman if somebody just looked at you wrong and like right. this almost makes me feel like the boys are trying out the wares you know what I'm saying and I'm like mm, well, yeah but they didn't make that. it they didn't make it sound like the girls were shunned for it though so that's good right agreed but it's just again such a dichotomy of maybe it's my problem because I am perceiving them in a certain way and they're yeah. not meeting up to my expectations. <laughs> but it's so funny because they seem like highly religious mm-hmm. and somewhat allowing True. of sex stuff mm-hmm. don't really jive most of the time. Yeah. on some In some aspects, their lives are very puritanical. You're right. In other aspects, they're like, fuck it. It's free for all. Screw everyone. I don't know. Right. Right. So... Let's talk a little bit more about Farron. We'll get to the girls later. Their stories are smaller. He, when he's out of the house, so he lives with his parents on and off. He has a tendency to fight with them, mostly because of his drinking or his drug use, because he is dealing and using meth. So that's not good. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Terrifying. I I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So they call it crank, quotey fingers in this. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad that they then defined meth because I would have been like, I don't know what crank necessarily means, especially at this time. Right. You know, I don't know. But it's very scary to hear him talk about it because he's like, well, I'm just, I'm dealing to support my habit. And then all my money also kind of goes to this. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. He said it's about a gram a day, which I've done meth. A gram a day seems like an excessive amount of anything, but especially meth. And it's about $100 a day. So inflation, that would be a lot more now. But still, if you're just dealing to keep up with that habit of $100 a day, and then all of your money from work, although I assume you're working really well if you're all cranked out. so Right. So this is kind of where they specifically show the manufactured housing footage mm-hmm. but they don't talk much about it so you can see a lot of other Amish dudes in there working so I, I assume that's what's going on um, inference could be wrong but still why would they show it if that wasn't the case mm-hmm. so at this point there's an old ass man talking about 50 years ago when you were on Rum- Rumspringer you were with your farm or, you know, with your family on the farm you're not really earning any cash right so now there's factory work and that helps the kids buy the liquor and the dope He says dope, and that makes me giggle on the inside, Um, and cars. And he says, it's hard to train your children to be different from everybody else. And then he talks about peer pressure. And my question is, but aren't you pressuring them to be Amish? It's different, Erin. It's totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if someone's pressuring them to be just like us, it's fine. Right. Right. So I'm going to pressure you to be different in the world, but you're the same as everybody on this side. Of the... So anyway, I'm not going to get into a logical argument with a man. I don't even know his name. It's so... Jacob. Come on now. <laughs> like they all are. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, throughout this, we see Farron trying to quit drugs mm-hmm. because he does want to join the church. And knows that he can't be on meth to do that. I think God frowns upon that a little bit. Even though meth wasn't a thing back in the day. He still knows. Well, you're also going to have to support your children at some point, And I think that's going to cut into your meth habit. In theory. Yeah. Mm. But then we find out that he gets arrested with his girlfriend, Sarah. Because they were at a house that was raided by the police. They were buying meth when the house was raided. They get arrested, but they don't go to jail, even though the two drug dealers, who are Amish drug dealers, 
a contradiction of terms in my world. But anyway. I know, it's so weird. <laughs> they do go to jail. So there are rumors going around saying that Farron snitched, which is never good. Even in the Amish community, snitches get stitches. Yeah. Yeah. And what do we find out about that? That this is true. Yeah. The police leak. Yeah. Oops, I'm sure. That, yeah, he was the one, he was wearing a wire or something, or he was the one who, mm-hmm. who snitched on him. So him and Sarah break up. And he goes and moves back in with his family, thinking he'd be safe there. I'm like, well, these are Amish drug dealers, so they have the directory. They know where you live. <laughs> and also, if you think you're going to get killed and you're going to bring them to your family, that's a selfish act, dude. Maybe there's, like, rules as there is in the Coaster no- Coaster What is that? Something like that. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, but I can't. It's been a minute since I've watched Goodfellas, so... Yeah. But there's like a thing about, you know, you don't kill the wives, you don't kill the kids, right? Unless Mm -hmm. it's like super bad. But I think that the fact that he broke up with Sarah probably saved her life. Uh, Universe smiled upon her in that moment. Yeah. But I had the same thought. I was like, um, I don't know. It's like a witness situation. Witness the movie. Yeah. Where the bad guys would have no idea where to look for these people. Right. So. There's a directory. Yeah, it's so I don't know how many Farons there are. So, uh, yeah, there are a lot of Yoders. I mean, even I knew that was an Amish name. <laughs> so, yeah, they would have to go through a few. But Farron seems like a pretty uncommon name. Yeah, mm. I think it's interesting because he does have some success getting off a of meth, and I was like, that seems good. Right. So he goes to live with his family. He. Mm-hmm you know, gets, gets clean, starts working for his dad and uh, they make lawn furniture. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to an Amish store, but there's a lot of wood involved and they're really, really good at the carpentry thing. Right. So they make like lawn stuff, but it's really nice. And he meets, he meets a girl, an Amish girl who's also a Mermspringa named Emma, who is 16, which seems really young, but still he's only 18. So I guess not that young. Yeah, I think he just seems very worldly. I mean, with the drugs and <laughs> stuff, I'm just like, oh my god! And she's fucking cute as she can be with her little short hair and yeah, yeah, she's adorable. And mm-hmm. they are, I mean, they're together for a while. It seems like a really good, mm-hmm. a really good influence on him until it's not until she decides. She doesn't want to be in the Amish church, but he knows he does still mm-hmm. want to join at some point in time. And so they split. She moves to Florida and he goes back yeah. downhill, right? Starts drinking again. Yeah. And it seems that there is a legitimate threat on his life. They seem to know and accept this. So I, I find it very interesting that, I mean, he sort of has this like stoic, well, you can't control everything, brah, or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, no fucking wonder she moves. Yeah. Yeah. So. And good for her. I've never been Amish, but I also moved across country when I was 16. So I get it. Yeah. But yeah, he starts drinking again. It's going downhill. His, his dad fires him and kicks him out. So he ends up back at Gerald's trailer. And boy, oh boy. Gerald's trailer, there's not anything good going on there. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was something he mentioned, that, you know, the trailer was freedom. It was, it, he could do whatever he wanted. He had DirecTV and Nintendo, which he couldn't have at his parents' house. Um, and But he could just do whatever he wanted, and he did. And they did. They all did. And there are porn magazines everywhere. It's like hedonism or us. Yes, it is crazy. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I'm like, tell me, like, you know, this whole thing about, tell me you've been sheltered without telling me you've been sheltered, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like absolute <laughs> anarchy. It's so funny to watch it. So, mm-hmm. I I do like that he, 
very much is like, listen, you can't join the church to make your parents happy. It's kind of like marriage. It's a lifetime thing, which I think it's adorable. He thinks marriage is a lifetime thing. But anyway, he's like, you have to do it for yourself. And he, you know, throughout this talks about, he doesn't know if he'll ever join the church. Like some are like, definitely I'm going to, once I get this out of my system, some are like, I'm definitely never going to join the church. But he's like, mm-hmm. Meh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting too, because I wonder if you're a guy and you're trying to decide, is it as big of a give up as it is for girls? I think it'd be a lot easier for a woman to go back into the safety because mm-hmm. you don't have the education. You don't necessarily have the same skills yeah. that the men have to go make a living sure. outside of this world and to have that community mm-hmm. and support when you've been told your whole life, women are useless, essentially, you need the support of other useless women, I guess it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see it being a lot easier for women to go and join the church than men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just something I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to talk about some girls? Let's talk about some girls. Okay. So Joanne, and I forgot, I just stopped writing down last names. She is really funny to listen to because she starts my first line of notes are opening beers left and right she's just opening <laughs> beers at those parties so i'm like i hope she does she also drink it i don't know but uh <laughs> yeah so she always appears on camera in her uh bonnet and her you know simple clothes or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and she seems resolved from the beginning in my opinion that she's dabbling in Rumspringa. She's not really committing. So, I mean, she's one that's living at home with her folks and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think she moved out for a little bit. Cause she had talks, mm-hmm. she talks at one point about how the first night away, her sister cried oh, without her and things like that's that. True. Her yeah. dad called her all the time, but you're right. I think she always knew she was going back to the church. It was just something mm-hmm. fun to try, I guess, like women sleeping with other women in college. And then, realizing they're straight I don't know right the funniest thing I put down because she's like you know she was drinking dating partying not dressing Amish although we never see her in street clothes as it were Mm -hmm. but then she said she went to a Baptist church and I'm like oh the humanity of all the things right (laughs) yeah a Baptist church shut the fuck up I do like that the girls in this talk about if you go back to the things we missed category, mm-hmm. the girls talk mostly about they miss clothes, like the clothes. And mm-hmm. I think Joanne's the one that talks about she used to run and she liked her shorts. And then when she went back, she's like, I can't run on a dress, stupid. And right. I thought, yeah, yeah. How difficult to be mm-hmm. like forced back in this little box. And I just, I just want to rescue all of them. I know. I know. Blink if you need help. I know. So, yeah, it it is interesting to hear the differences between the boys and the girls. Mm-hmm. We meet Velda Bontrager. She's 23. So she's older than the others. She said that she noticed her depression started at about 16. And so she thought drinking and partying might help. It didn't. Obviously, I think we all know as humanity now that's not going to help. <laughs> Right. So she essentially checks herself into a hospital because she's suicidal at this point. She's not doing well, to which her family Mm -hmm. is not happy. So this made me question their medical care as the Amish. And then I realized I could never be Amish because my dental care alone would have taken me out years ago (laughs) if I didn't have it. Right. I would have had an abscess tooth and died or something. So. Well, what happens then? What happens at the Amish dentist? Do you know? I don't know what happens at the ice and they just pull your teeth out. They do. In fact, sometimes they pull your teeth before there are problems. No. Yeah. Why did you have to tell me that? <laughs> oh, so I like to horrify you. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard one for me to learn too. Cause they were like, well, this is going to be a problem eventually. So we're just going to pull them now. Mm. Do they get yeah. wood teeth then? Is that what they get? I think it's a denture situation. 
Listen, I have had so many root canals because the idea of having a true cold <laughs> makes me physically nauseous. So, no. So she ends up checking herself into a hospital. She comes out mm-hmm. and her family is really pressuring her to join the church. And because of her mental health, she thought, well, maybe, maybe that's what I need, right? Maybe joining the church will help. Why not? Seems like a wholesome thought, right? Yeah. It's not like she's in a vulnerable place at all, right? So mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. to fill the void. So she does. She does join the church. And uh, she gets engaged. And she shows us her wedding bonnet and the dress that she made herself, which I love that they're black. I think that's interesting, but still. Or dark of some sort. Could be navy blue. I don't know. But um, it looked like every other dress ever. But she felt like a princess in it. So that's all that matters. (laughs) However, when we're talking to her now, she's in street clothes. So you have the idea that something has happened in between. And she puts Mm -hmm. this dress and bonnet on and she's like this putting it on makes me feel like I felt when I was in the church, which is that I have nowhere to go like trapped, which is terrifying. So she leaves, she leaves the church. Yeah. And And, the fiance and stuff tough. Yeah. Because he, it sounded like they were really in love. It's sweet because she, you know, it sounds like she talked to him about it, but he couldn't leave his community and family. That would have been too hard for him because as we discussed before with Rum Springa, you are not shunned. You are still part of the community. You just are not part of the church, as it were. But if you join the church and then leave, you are excommunicated. You, yes, it's, and I, it's interesting that she described it as they see that as their last act of love. Yes. Because they fear for your soul. Mm. Right. So it's like a tough love situation, right? Yeah, that's how I understood it too. Yeah, yeah. and her, I mean, like, it's interesting. Some manipulation going on here too, because the way it's presented is like the children have a complete choice and we don't interfere and blah, blah, blah. But she also says her dad told her that she'd never make it without her family. Of course, of course. Yeah. Right. Right. Jokes on them though, because she's. Yeah got a little career and Mm -hmm. she ends up getting accepted to a college, a Christian college, but Mm -hmm. still, Mm -hmm. which she says she never thought would be a possibility for her. So I hope she is kicking ass and taking names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was so excited when she got accepted to the college. She wants to be a counselor to help people who have gone through similar things as her. And I think people who have come from the world she's come from are probably in a unique position to really help people. So. Right. Yeah. I think she'd be really good at it. And that made me think of when we covered Holy hell, that one of those ex cult members went to school to become a counselor, a a therapist of some kind. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, specializing in uh, recovery from religious stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, we talk a lot about different careers that we missed out on in this, but I I love the fact that people are, are really making their experiences, you know, count in a way that they can help other people. I just thought that was really cool. Right. I mean, a lot of people have horrible things happen to them in their lives and not everyone mm-hmm. is able to use it to help others. So yeah, I'm glad when people can. Yeah. 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 So she's living her best life. Hopefully Joanne decides to join the church. As we discussed, she always knew she was going to, and she, we don't really talk too much to Joanne, right? Just here and there. She picked the day to be baptized. She does talk about how she's excited to be a witness for Christ She explains the procedure that you have to kneel in front of them and you have to like renounce all the outside world and Satan and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And after her baptism, she declined further filming, which is pretty normal because the Amish don't normally like to be photographed or filmed. Mm -hmm. But she does describe being a church member as everything she hoped it would be. So good for her. She's getting what she wanted out of it. 
Yeah. And isn't that really at the heart of feminism? Yeah. That you have the choice. You have a choice. Yeah. In how you live. Mm-hmm. It's not that you have to be like super independent. You can choose. So I thought that was really cool. I hope she has a wonderful life also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. That is one thing I do like about the Rumspringa. It's like, listen, we realize this isn't the only way of life. You have to go out and make sure this is the life you want. And I mm-hmm. appreciate that. It's nice that they get that option. Right. I think the subtlety of, like, again, some of the nuance, like, if you're living at home with your parents, I'm so sure you get the side eye about what time you came in or, like, your state of dress or what, you know what I mean? It's just... right. Again, it's sort of marketed as like, well, our young people can do whatever they want. And then they, if they choose to join the church, great. If they don't, see ya, whatever. I don't know. Well, and it sounds like from this documentary, it sounds like if you choose not to join the church, you're probably not active in your Amish community, obviously. But you're also not shunned. You're probably allowed to come have dinner mm-hmm. with your family or something, as opposed to Velda, who joined the church and then left the church. And they're like, bitch, you're gone. You're dead to us. Right. So we'll close up on Gerald real quick. He is the one in the trailer. He kind of realizes that he's been doing nothing but partying for way too long. And he's just (laughs) tired, I'm assuming, because I'm tired just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's just too much. I've got to stop. So he packs up a shit and he moves back in with his family. Yeah. And just leaves all that trash in that trailer. (laughs) Of course he did. For the next person, because, you know, people will probably still come and party there with or without him. They don't care. Uh, I'm just like, please don't turn on a black light. Oh, oh my no. God. Uh. Uh, he does talk about he doesn't know if he'll join the church. So there's no definitive answer from him whether or not mm-hmm. he will join or not. But he was just tired of living the rumspring of life and decided to move home. So, yeah, we don't ever find out his choice, as it were. We'll end then in a little discussion on Farron. Mm-hmm. He decides that he's going to follow Emma to Florida. Mm-hmm. He gets there. He finds her. She's not in the directory, but I assume he has some inclination. I mean, they talked on the phone and stuff at one point, so I'm sure yeah. he has the information to go and find her. He seems like a proactive person because he's almost instantly calling up to see like, Hey, I got to get a job. I'm going to stay around permanently. I'm just kind of like trying to get my foot in the door situation. So he goes to a very awkward interview Mm -hmm. for some kind of lawn care business. And I'm like, was this staged for the cameras? Because it's basically like in somebody's kitchen or something. And the lady that's interviewing him is sitting in a chair with like her leg up by her chest, like knee up. And it's so odd. And they're like, do you have, like, very canned, again, do you have reliable transportation? He's like, I totally have a car. And what is the next scene? <laughs> His car is totaled. <laughs> yeah. He got in a car accident. And thankfully, he's okay. But you see him on the side, yes. blood down his face and that. Right, right. And you're like, well, there goes that reliable transportation. <laughs> but while he was at the hospital, he talks to the valet guys there. And he ends up getting a job there and starting like the next week. So he's parking cars at the hospital. Yeah. So he seems like he's got, again, a new normal. He's clean, which I was really glad to hear. Mm-hmm. He's with Emma again. Mm-hmm. So fine, whatever. Um, but I thought it was very reflective of him to say, you know, it would have been the easy choice to choose to go back to be Amish because everything was set up for him. Like, his dad had a business he could have, you know, joined or taken over or whatever. I mean, like, so again, it's sort of the machine catching him up, right? Like he's just kind of perpetuating that whole thing. And so I thought that was, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of cool that he was like, Hey, I don't know. Yeah. He does. He does still say that he's, he's not sure. Mm -hmm. He might someday decide to join, but for now he's happy living there in Florida with Emmy, Emmy, Emma even. And they are living in an Amish community, which I find interesting, or at least she was working at a restaurant in an Amish community. Yes. So I think they mm-hmm. are still kind of nearby because they showed the Amish playing shuffleboard. And I thought, shut the fuck up. That was hilarious to see for some reason. I don't know why, but that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Do they have a shorts option for Florida? I don't think so. That's something that I actually wrote in my notes was, 
what do they do in for do they farm and like what are they doing other than sweating because they probably smell really <laughs> fucking bad it's so hot and humid down there right i don't know it's a great question though Mm-mm-mm. but yeah that's kind of how we wrap up and I will say one other thing. He he says he doesn't know if he's going to join the church. He said, well, I might, you know, I, I don't know. But Jesus didn't get baptized till he was 32. And I was like, calm down. Jesus was born <laughs> Jewish. So there's no need for baptism there. And also he made a new religion. So not quite the same, but sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a great uh, example of using the Bible to... Justify, justify your actions <laughs> that seems like the most christian thing that i've ever heard so yes check <laughs> yes yeah uh so they end with a blurb that says currently almost 90 percent of amish young people would join the amish church this retention rate is the highest ever since the founding of the amish church in 1693 now that was 2002 and i would love to see the statistics 20 years later yeah but yeah, i don't know yeah and well, and you know what? With the economy as it is now, I see that number going up. Why would you come out in the world when you can't survive? Right. And so I thought it was interesting that Farron and his dad had a, a lawn furniture business. So this is like the little windmills in your yard or like a swing or whatever. And I'm like, in a shitty economy, do people still buy that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The economy wasn't shitty in 2002, so yet. Yeah, not yet. Mm-hmm. And it's just gotten worse. Okay. So, yeah. It'd be interesting to see that number now. Maybe I'll look it up. Yeah. Did you have an honorary Aaron for this episode? My honorary Aaron is Emma because she was like, one, she moved out at 16 and across the country, and that's me. <laughs> She's also like, fuck this shit. I want no part of it. I'm going to live my life. And I'm not just going to live up the road. I'm going to live across country. So I'm making a big change. And she also knows her worth because, you know, she didn't stay with, you know, Farron when he had choices that he had to make. And she was like, nah, I'm doing my own thing. And I appreciate that. So that's some Aaron energy. Yeah. I liked her very, very much. I chose Velda. I feel like she's probably the... Uh, the slow pitch choice here because I love the fact that she made up her mind. She's trying to make it work for herself. Um, it's not easy, but she's working. She's looking at going back to school. She's got some goals. And I think that Aaron's have a little bit of in- independence, if not a ton of yeah, independence as a lot, we previously yeah. discussed. So <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy for her and I hope she has an amazing life. Um, Cause it's scary to be out on your own. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you don't have any community behind you, right? Leaving that mm-hmm. situation is incredibly difficult because you have no support. So yeah, I can't no imagine that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for her. Okay. All right. I do recommend watching it. I found it very, very fascinating and it was a really quick watch. So plug into the YouTube Get her done. Yeah, love it. Next week, we are going to kind of jump on the bandwagon <laughs> of the Oppenheimer Barbie movie of duo, Barbenheimer, if you will. So, Aaron McCourt found us a documentary that deals with some of the atomic bomb stuff. So, we're going to do A Bombs Over Nevada. It's a 2016 release, 51 minutes. You can find this one on Paramount Plus or um, Smithsonian if you have that subscription. And this is really about the testing of some of those atomic bombs in New Mexico. Nevada. Oh, I guess so, because it's in the name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's after after the Manhattan Project and all that. Then they needed to fine-tune. Mm-hmm. They needed to figure it out. So, yeah, it's it talks about that. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm excited to watch it. And maybe that'll, when I go finally see Oppenheimer in the IMAX, is how I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I feel like I'm educated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this would be, yeah, Oppenheimer's pre 
this documentary. So you'll be like, well, I know what happens next. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So we recommend you check us out on Instagram, Facebook, the website at godocyourself.com. Uh, it's not Twitter. It's X. X. <laughs> I saw yeah. that on my app, on my phone, and I'm like, I refuse to open that. So if you also it's refuse, so I get awkward. it. so awkward. So weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. But still, come find us, come make comments, uh, see what we're up to. We hopefully will be posting some really awkward pictures, hopefully. Yeah. So you yep. get to see how horrible Upcoming. we looked. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope to talk to you next week, guys. Sounds great. Later. Bye. Bye.